1: I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, Law Captain Dennis. We are your crew today for Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. All right, we got a lot of stuff to cover today. Uh, even some viewer mail for Just Plane Radio. We'll get into that a little bit later on. But uh, Dennis, uh, we have a special guest to kick off the show today. And first off, I got to ask, are you familiar with, uh, with Carrie or no? Well, I have. I've seen his book. Okay, you've seen the that's book. That's as far as I've gotten. All right, well, that's a big thing. Uh, Carrie McCauley is our guest. Carrie, welcome to Just Plane Radio. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. You got it. Now, you have this book called uh, Ferry Pilot, or the is it The Ferry Pilot or Just Ferry Pilot? Let's get just that right. Just Plane Pilot. Ferry so Pilot. So do you put
2: money under Pilots' uh,
3: pillows at night, then? Oh, certainly. But they have to lose the rating first, just like a children getting their teeth. So,
1: okay. So, uh, yeah, put your, put your teeth under your belly, pillow, and uh, Carrie may put his book under there. I don't know, maybe something like that could work, but, uh, but yeah, you you have, uh, you have quite a track record when it comes to being a ferry pilot and you wrote a book about it. Uh, and, and also you got some, uh, you know, you got some TV credibility as well. What's the name of the show that you were on a few years ago? That was pretty popular.
3: Uh, dangerous flights was yes. on the uh, discovery channel
1: and we got to get into that because uh it was some crazy stuff that uh you did and in those dangerous flights were those ferry pilot flights as well you were ferrying a plane to one location to another and they were just in tricky places in the world or what
3: yep they were all real deliveries to real customers and uh they just came along and filmed it and yeah. watch the show
1: and you, you live to tell about it. And, uh, yep. and it eventually turned into a book, I guess it, not connected to the TV show, but, uh, you know, if you want to check it out, it's uh, on Amazon or Carrie com is your website, right? Correct. Okay. So, uh, a ferry pilot, Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious what a ferry pilot does. Uh, you're delivering goods and services or people, I guess, or you're delivering a, a plane or both. Is that how it is or what? Just the plane. All I do is
3: just deliver airplanes.
1: Okay. So, is it a particular type of plane that you uh, specialize in, or is it as long as it flies, you'll you'll ferry it around the world?
3: Well, pretty much deliver anything. You know, when you get into the jets, uh, you got to be type rated. So, most of my specialty was small planes, single engines, light twins, stuff that they had a hard time finding guys stupid enough to fly. And yeah. That's why they called me.
1: Okay. So these aren't necessarily new planes. These could be planes that have been uh, like resold. You got a new buyer and it has to be delivered to that buyer, I assume, right?
3: Correct. Sometimes they're new planes, but uh, a lot of times they were pretty old.
1: Okay. And that lends itself to some dicey situations, especially if they're older aircraft that may have been sitting around for a while and they just got sold and you're the lucky person who gets to fly them Mm -hmm. to this far remote destination and... And, uh, I don't know, work out all the kinks or find uh, out about them in the air or what?
3: Yeah, you definitely, uh, usually find out about them in the air. Cause they, like you said, they've been sitting on the ground for a while and have a hurried annual and off you go. And usually the first couple of legs, when things start breaking on you.
1: Yeah. And, and that, uh, I don't know, uh, creates a higher pucker factor, I would imagine. And is that what you document in Ferry Pilot, the book?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I've been a ferry pod for 30 years and I was lucky enough or unlucky enough to survive a lot of really close calls. Uh, things, you know, fuel system breaking over the middle of the Atlantic, alternators going out of, at night over the Sahara
1: have okay. systems
3: going out. Just your Africa, typical, like I've that. risked yeah.
1: my life, uh, that, you know, every other week or something doing this kind of stuff. And, and obviously, uh, in the book, you document some of those stories. So it's a a series of experiences that you've had uh, doing these type of adventures, I guess.
3: Yeah. It's similar to uh, like Fate is the Hunter. You know, it's a kind of a collection of short stories, but it's in chronological order. It's a memoir.
1: Okay. So uh, without giving out, you know, too much information, Tease us with just a little. I know you. You just mentioned that you were out over the Atlantic and you had a fuel pump problem. Is that what happened or what?
3: Well, when we're flying over the Atlantic, we usually put ferry tanks in the plane and they're pressurized with ram air, a ram air tube that we mount on the bottom of the plane. Mm -hmm. And when I went to turn my ferry tank on right over the middle of the Atlantic one night, it wasn't working. I couldn't access the fuel, and I really needed the fuel because I didn't have enough to get back to Canada, and I. Didn't have enough to get to Europe, so Uh I had to find a way to make that fuel flow from the ferry tank inside the plane out to the wings. And tell you that was uh, the longest night of my life. Well, so what do you what do you do?
1: Can you share, or do we have to read a book for that?
3: Well, basically, you know the, the the tank is pressurized by a tube that comes into the top of the tank, and I usually fly with tools, so I unhooked the the hose and found out that there was no ram air coming from outside and. Thought about for a while, and I tried blowing in the tank just like you'd blow up an air mattress, and it worked, but it was really, really slow. So I basically had to spend the entire night blowing into that tank to keep the fuel flowing, and I was at 15,000 feet because I needed to be up there for the tailwinds, and hyperventilating and breathing gas fumes was – Wow. It was quite
1: an experience. Dennis, have you ever found yourself uh, needing to do something? Thing, I mean, have you ever even thought that was possible? Maybe I should ask.
2: Uh, blowing on a tube in the plane? No, I've yeah. only
1: seen that in a movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it was airplane, I'm sure. of yes. mentioned, But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. That sounds pretty insane. And I, I guess when you finally landed, uh, were you just totally relieved? Or you're like, oh, I'm never doing this again? Or what?
3: You know, when I landed, I was just spent, I was exhausted from, I mean, I mean without any problems, it's a 14 hour leg wow. and I had to spend eight hours blowing into that tube. So I was utterly exhausted and, but I didn't even think about it. I went right back up in the air the next week and delivered a plane to Africa. So.
1: Well, okay. I mean, Hey, you got to pay the bills and I, mean, I yeah, assume they're you paying you big money for that, huh? Even when you deliver the plane and say, Hey, by the way, you want to check your fuel tank. Yeah, I might have some of my <laughs> saliva stuck in there somewhere. I don't know, but that's uh, pretty great. So is that like the craziest fairy adventure you had, or have they gotten even nuttier than that? Uh, that's
3: right up there. I lost my alternator one night over the Sahara, um, and I couldn't turn around because a, a sandstorm had come into Morocco and kicked me out of there. So I had to spend the entire night fly- hand-flying in IFR conditions by flashlight, and that was kind of fun.
1: Interesting. Okay.
3: Uh, <laughs> Lost both vacuum pumps over uh, Saudi Arabia one night, and it's no big deal doing the old needle ball airspeed. And then noticed that my oil pressure was dropping and the temperature was climbing and found out that I had a major oil leak in the right engine and had to shut that engine down. So I had a wow. single engine, no gyro approach into Oman. That was uh, kind of
1: exciting. Okay, I would imagine.
3: Kind of par for the course, you
1: know. All right. Yeah. I just got this picture of the movie, The Mummy, where you're flying out of the (laughs) sandstorm mouth, uh, but you're using a flashlight because it's nighttime too over the desert. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So what what kind of vibe are you going to get from the reading fairy pilot? Are you going to read this and go, oh my God, glad I'm not Carrie or, you know, hey, this might inspire me uh, to learn some things that uh, if this ever happens to me, well, do what Carrie did. A little bit of both maybe.
3: A little bit of both. I've been getting really good response from the readers and a lot of people have said they've ins- it's inspired them to either get their pilot's license or go on longer adventures. And then some of the people say, I can't believe you kept going after all those occurrences. So a little bit of both, but it's been really well received. It's entertaining. so Well,
1: it sounds like it. If that's just a little taste of what you can expect uh, from reading Ferry Pilot, it, I, I think it'll be something that you start and you won't want to uh, won't want to put down. So check it out on Amazon or go to Carrie com and, uh, check it out. Uh, it's, it's great stuff. You're still doing this now, or are you kind of retired from the ferry pilot and just writing about it, uh, now or what? I keep saying I'm kind of
3: retired. And then literally just an hour ago, I got somebody who wants me to fire, ferry a Baron from Norway to, to Florida and, yeah, it gets sucked I right back I think I got to take
1: it. It just sounds like a blast. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you've gotten that gas uh, taste out of your mouth. You're ready for more work, it sounds like to me. All right, kerrymccauley.com. Thank you, Carrie. Appreciate it. Uh, check out Ferry Pilot on Amazon. More coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted
0: exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
1: Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot, and Flight Training Professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407 896 0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to FTpros.com. That's FTPros. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there
2: is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part
1: of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just plain Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message, and we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to justplaneradio.com, send us an email, and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter.
0: You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. That plane,
4: as beautiful as it looks, is thirty years old. Can you believe
3: it? All oh, that plane this morning.
4: What can look so beautiful at thirty?
1: An airplane.
0: Please don't let those jet engines start.
1: This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor Copilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. Uh, we are navigating the latest aviation news and information, uh, talking about faring pilots. I don't know. Is that a career path for you? You think as far as all your skills now, you ready to, to ferry a pilot across the Atlantic or Sahara, Sahara Desert?
2: You know, I think I'm going to be uh, much happier just, uh, you know, flying around the Midwest and uh, not being 14 hours over the open ocean with no uh, no vacuum pumps and without my beloved Avidyne gear in the airplane. Well, I, I think yeah. I'll leave that to someone else.
1: Yeah, you know, he brought that up during the commercial break. Hey, do you have an Avidyne thing? It sounds like it could have came in uh, handy on one of those flights you just described. And he goes, no, of course I didn't. But uh, I bet the new owner of those aircraft uh, may have second thoughts now or. May have gotten the install, which brings us, by the way, to our next uh, topic of discussion. It actually is uh, a follow-up to a viewer mail here at Just Plane Radio. And this is from Mike. Is that who uh, sent you an email there? No, this is, is Tom Maziker. Tom, um, okay.
2: Remember, he's the gentleman that we had the, on the show a few months back uh, from Velocity Aircraft. He does a little test piloting work. Oh, uh, right. He retired from the airlines. Yes, yeah. okay. And and
1: Tom says what? What did What did he ask?
2: Well, he uh, sent us an email um, asking for some uh, of our opinion on upgrading from an old Garmin 430 to the new Avidyne 440 in his airplane. And he wanted to get my personal opinion on how I liked it and how I thought it would work and if it was worth it to him to upgrade. Yeah. And so I actually reached out to him offline and you know talked to him about how I'm using them in the airplane And how, you know, some of the tools that Avidyne has, the integration with, uh, you know, the avionics and the flight planning, but more importantly, the IFD 100 application, which is an iPad app that you run that actually gives you a whole separate screen to your Avidyne. And he's like, I didn't think about that. So all of a sudden now you can put the smaller Avidyne radio, which is a drop-in replacement for his Garmin and still have all the benefits of having the big screen um, in his little, in his airplane. And he's like, you know, that, that was it. That was the deciding factor for me. And he went out and ordered, um, one of the Avidyne 440s to upgrade his airplane. So there you go.
1: And that brings us to our next guest, Tom Harper from, uh, Tom, welcome to Just Plane Radio. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me guys. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, once Dennis got this email and he, he helped out Tom, right? Was it Tom? Again, or it was Tom. Yeah, because we got Tom and Tom. That's what's throwing me here. So, but he reached out to you, I believe, didn't he? Or said, Hey, you need to talk to this guy and hook him up. Did you talk directly with Tom yourself, Tom?
4: I did not. No, I forwarded the email. So I was like, Wow, that's, uh, but I appreciate the referral and uh, okay.
1: Well, so Dennis yeah. handled everything. You well, he, hey, he did everything for you, didn't he? He's a leverage <laughs> sales guy. <yeah>. Okay, <laughs> there you go. So uh, you're going to get a hat, maybe a green Avedine exactly. hat, uh, Dennis, for helping him out. But uh, okay. but is that the kind of setup and and you know scenario you get quite a bit at Avedine, Tom? What do you think?
4: It really is. I mean, word of mouth. Fly with so, uh, one of their buddies that has an IFD, or you know, just. We talk to a lot of folks, uh, we' active on social media and you know through word of mouth and whatever, uh, folks that fly with it uh, are are uh, very enthusiastic about the product because and like, like you mentioned with the IFT 100, it's there's nothing really else like it in the market that allows you to have a companion app on your iPad that is essentially another version of that panel- mounted product. It behaves like the panel-mounted unit. It has independent screen selection, but it shares the same flight plan. But You can, you can edit the, re- the panel-mounted box from the iPad, but you get a nice big moving map or synthetic vision,
2: mm-hmm.
4: or you can tune the radios, the whole bit. It's really unique.
2: Yeah, and the great part about it is when you have that Garmin 430 <laughs> in there and you want to upgrade it, you're not having to pay the avionics shop to gut the entire panel. It's literally a drop-in replacement that takes under an hour. And, you know, that, that's not an insignificant amount of money to upgrade a panel to any new radio. And so the fact that you have a drop in, it just, it's a no brainer decision, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, in, in your, uh, well, Tom, who was asking you via email about that, Dennis, did he say, what was the main element that, uh, you know, put him over the top? Uh, was it well, just t- that talking big talking to me
2: was, talking to me was what put him over the top and yeah. my enthusiasm for it, but just the, the 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 integrated suite of tools, the fact that it works with multiple different EFB apps, you're not limited to a single ecosystem, there's just a lot of things about it. Um, one of the things that I you know mentioned to him that I find I use a lot is just the fact that I'm not locked into a touchscreen only interface like other vendors. And I've flown in a lot of turbulence. And, you know, he's going to be in Florida, which, you know, never has any turbulence in the summer, right? Never. There's never any low altitude. Especially in
1: the Ah. afternoon. Yeah, no, it never happens. You don't get these massive thunderstorms. it look like uh, all hell's broken loose and Armageddon has uh, arrived. We never have that happen in Florida. No,
2: and so the fact that uh, Avidyne has that multi-touch interface where you can use the old, uh, old standby knob, you can use the app to tune, you can touch screen if you want. It's your choice depending on what's working for you at that particular moment. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love. There's three different ways to do anything, and nothing's more than one click away from where I need to be. There you go.
1: And, and Tom, when you're getting new um, avionics like this, uh, you guys have a plethora of videos and and tools and references and and things for people to learn how to operate this new equipment to to their liking, right? Right there at Avidine.com, I believe, isn't it?
4: Right. On Avidyne.com, we've got training videos, a bunch of video vignettes. We've got some scenario based training. Also, you can go to YouTube and find them as well. Uh, so, uh, we make it really easy. We also have a free IFD trainer app that'll run on your iPad as well. So, you can download it for free. Whether you're, if you're looking at maybe buying an IFD, download the thing and uh, play with it for a little bit. You'll find uh, maybe watch a couple of videos and you'll be an expert before you even make your buying decision. And okay. you'll find that. It's something you really
1: like. You can try it before you buy it. There you go. Uh, before yeah, you buy it. Yeah. Never thought about that. Okay. And as far as uh, all the new toys that Avidyne keeps bringing out with new updates and, and avionics and stuff, you are actually one of those testers, I'm guessing, just because you work there. Uh, can you give us a little glimpse behind the curtain, like what's uh, in the future for Avidyne? Or or if you tell us you got to kill us kind of thing.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, we're we're probably averaging one uh, one software release per year, but mm-hmm. uh sometimes we get one or two in there, but uh uh you know, folks that bought or that were early adopters of the IFD within a, a year and a half or so, we came out with synthetic vision, which wasn't on the original product, but every one of those customers that had previously bought were able to get the free software upgrade and add 3D synthetic vision on their GPS, which is Again, a unique feature that no one else in the market has on in a panel-mounted GPS. So, nice. ten point two point four point one came out a couple of months ago, I'd say, probably June. And then ten point three, it should be out by the end of this year. And we're adding some other cool features, things like uh, uh, the option for a, a higher resolution terrain database, power line database for helicopter folks mainly, a bunch of different stuff like that. That kind of continues to. To
1: add value for the for the current customer and future. Well, there you go. Hey, you gotta love it. Have dot com. Just go there, and check it all out, and uh, get set up today. We got more coming up on Just Plane Radio. Stay close. Just Plane Radio,
0: the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
1: Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive.
0: plane radio the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle
2: this test today it's
3: important
0: i got it i'm gonna make you look good up there don't worry okay now let's get these pants off
1: and fly some planes I'm
0: ready to fly!
1: This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along, Captain Dennis, navigating the latest aviation news and information. And uh, I don't know, we have even more viewer mail from our uh, passengers this week. Do we not, Dennis? We do. In fact, I found out it's a problem of having a, a
2: worldwide show like this is that you never know who's going to listen to you. And in Uh-oh. this case, it was actually my checkride examiner from my double-I checkride just a couple of weeks ago. Apparently, he was listening to the show on a walk and He actually enjoyed it. So we got that. I thought we were going to have
1: to apologize. That's awesome. Well,
2: that's what I thought too. But uh, he says, you know, the descriptions you said of preparing for your checkride really hit the nail on the head. You were totally prepared and it showed. I've done enough checkrides over the past 20 years that I can pretty much tell in the first few minutes which direction the oral is going to go. I'm not sure if I shared it with you, but I had an applicant that had showed up that didn't even have any creases in their books and no tabs. And he blamed his CFI for that. Hmm. But at any rate, he wanted to let me know that at least one aviator enjoyed the podcast and to have your co-host get some street cred by getting his pilot's license. So that was a little uh, little shot at Greg there, too. So I think he's
1: really well, caught the gist of our show. I, I took it totally as a compliment. So thanks for the shout out. What's his name? That's Paul Shevlin. Paul, uh, thanks for that. Uh, if, if you meant to uh, work in a dig towards me, well, just know I'm too dumb to get it. But I appreciate uh, the feedback just the same. All right. So that's good. Uh, and you, you're right. You never know who's listening to the show uh, anywhere around the world with the podcast element of it. Well, of course, we've got the broadcast network, but people are listening it all over, you know, especially on demand uh, online. Uh, Harrison Ford, we had given him a shout out a few weeks ago. Since you're a new CFI, you've offered to give him a flight incursion Uh, Check ride. Is that what you threw out there a few weeks ago? Yeah,
2: I offered to provide him the remedial training on runway incursions based on the incident that he had down at uh, Hawthorne where he uh, crossed the taxiway without permission while an airplane was taking off. Right. You made the offer
1: and as expected, he totally blew it off. And, uh, what he, he got, uh, his own training in his local, uh, neck of the woods or what?
2: Yep. He must've gone up with his, uh, his own personal CFI ah. and gotten some runway incursion training because the FAA has closed out that whole investigation in, into the incident. They basically wanted him to take a, a remedial training mm-hmm. and, you know, learn what he, what he did wrong and what he could do to avoid a future incident. Like they try to have all pilots do. Right. I mean, it's, it's a big focus for the FAA is on that runway incursion avoidance. And they're, they're making it a focus on every check right now. So, hey, he's probably a better pilot for it. Um, no harm, no foul is basically how they treated it. Learn from it and move on.
1: Yeah. How many times do you think they asked him to make the Chewbacca sound? I, oh, well, they, uh, you know, that would be like a penalty. Like, hey, Harrison, you didn't do that well. Go ahead and make the sound. <laughs> yeah, see, I can't do it. So I'd have to ask him for his expertise in that regard. And then he'd probably open up the door of the plane and say, get the hell out. Probably something along that line, yeah. Maybe. Okay. they
2: said, you know, you screwed up, he said, I know.
1: Yeah, he was pretty humble, uh, uh, you know, on the radio when he had that little issue. But, you know, I kid, of course. I think it's awesome that we have someone with the stature of Harrison Ford in the aviation uh, community. I mean, he represents well, even though every little mistake he makes makes the news. And I'm sure that's extremely frustrating for him.
2: But, you know, well, what are you going to do? The good thing about it though, is he wasn't, um, you know, he wasn't trying to be harsh about it. You know, he realized that he made a mistake. He apologized for it. I wish other pilots would take that same kind of stance because there's been, you know, numerous stories about pilots who try to put the blame on ATC for something that they screwed up. It's like, yeah. own up the mistake, learn from it. You'll be a better pilot. Right.
1: Yeah. And he, and he was so composed. He, you know, like you said, he was, I, I thought he was pretty humble when you listen to the radio transmission of how he handled it. Whereas you would expect someone with that stature, you know, to, to as soon as you realize you'd made a mistake of, no! you know, or something like that, uh, well, you, you'd hear some expletive maybe as well, but n- not so much. He was very, no. uh, you know, just by the book, like, Oh, yep. I'm sorry. And well, and on. if you
2: recall too, a few years ago, he had a separate, another incident down in John Wayne, Orange County, where he actually landed on the taxiway mm-hmm. and of course was asked to call the tower. And when he called into the tower, they, they, he actually said, this is the idiot that just landed on the taxiway. So, I mean, he knew he was wrong. He owned up to the mistake. Yeah. He, you know, learned from it. And that's, that's the way I think everybody should be. Don't try to fight the system and try to, you know, all it's going to do is make it worse. Right.
1: You know, know, then, then uh, if you, if you create a scene, you know, chances are people are going to talk about the incident ad nauseum, kind of like what we're doing right now on Just plain Radio, which explains why Harrison hasn't been on our show yet. Well, and
2: more so the FAA is going to take a look at that too and go, okay, did they accepted that they made the mistake and want to learn from it? That's right. a compliance issue for the FAA, as mm-hmm. opposed to them having to take the stance of, "Well, now we got to take an enforcement action because clearly this guy doesn't want to accept responsibility." We have to show that he, and, and it's not going to go nearly as well for you, right?
1: Well, he's Harrison Ford; he's kind of a big deal, and uh, you know the way he handles it, I think, is very professional. So I, I kid uh, often when it comes to Harrison Ford, and it's, and I, and I'm very conflicted when we do this because I, I kind of think about the guy. You know, here's this guy who literally owns the world, pretty much, makes more money than God. God bless him for it. I have nothing against him at all. I think it's a he's a great representative for aviation. But every little mistake gets like blown out and reported like we're doing right now, and I, so that's why I'm conflicted on it. But I, I can't help it. We gotta we gotta talk about it. It's Harrison Ford. It's Han Solo. Yeah, I mean, if I made that mistake, do you think I would even make the back page of the newspaper? Right. Probably not. No. Not at all. People would not care. And, uh, that's, uh, just one of the good things of being you. <laughs> hey, no one so cares, Dennis. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, keep at it, Harrison. We, we, we really do. We got your back. But seriously, Harrison, it. if you're listening, I'm always
2: willing to go up and provide you some additional training. Just let me know when and where I'll, okay. I'll make the trip.
1: Yeah. And I'll come along just to annoy you. You know, ask for your autograph, picture you know, a selfie, that kind of thing, all that stuff that you love, uh, that, you know, when fans come up and say, Hey, you're on solo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I know he has a sense of humor about that. So I can, I can kid, but I'm sure if I ever see him in person, he's going to smack me. Oh, oh, you're that guy. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, some other stuff going on. Uh, well, at least in the Florida aviation news, we're based, uh, in Orlando and, uh, And there's a a airport that we well we I don't know did we fly into Everglade City that day? We didn't remember. We went to Marco Island. That's right. We changed, but we were going down for Florida stone crab season, and we had we went to a different airport. But Everglade City is the stone crab capital of Florida, right?
2: Yep, and uh, we just got word that the FAA has uh, provided them a grant. To extend the uh, taxiways to make a connection between the terminal and the main runway at the Everglades Airpark. Uh huh. So now the next time we go down there, it'll be even better because I will have you know taxiways all the way out. I won't have to worry about going across any turf or anything like that at Everglades mm-hmm. City with the Mooney. So maybe the
1: FBO has installed some extra coolers uh, for you know when you pick up your stone crab and you, you decide you're going to bring a few home with you.
2: Oh no, we can't bring them home with them. Remember, we, we're supposed to eat them. We're not supposed to transport them, right?
1: Right, right. Well, you're not transporting. Yeah. you got to keep them cool till you're ready to eat them before you, you uh, take off. Yeah. yeah. We're going to eat
2: them in flight. That's what we're going <laughs> to hey, do. Yeah, yeah. they're
1: little in-flight a- appetizers. Yummy. Oh, they're tasty. Oh, but we yeah, got to go do
2: that again. We, uh,
1: no doubt. Uh, we have to make that adventure. For sure. But Everglades City, so they're extending the runway. Is it applying to any kind of infrastructure for the FBO and the amenities too, or do we know? It
2: doesn't say that, but I mean, they're also going to be widening the runway. So it's, to me, it's a, a net positive. So that's like the last airport. If you're heading down the Southwest side of Florida, that is like the last airport before you're out over Florida Bay heading out to the Keys. So it's nice to know that that facility will be improved and, and available and a little bit more useful for everybody too. Yeah.
1: And it, it's kind of old school or, you know, old timey Florida too. It's uh, back in the sticks a bit. Yeah. On part the edge of the swamp.
2: Kind of yeah. like all of Florida was at one point. Yeah, right? So,
1: you know, stone crabs, I don't know, maybe some hooch. Uh, they, you can get all kinds of crazy stuff down there in classic Florida, the city. Something else to put on the list. We got more coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane
0: Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I didn't play golf today.
1: I took a flying lesson.
3: Hmm. How is that?
1: Uneventful.
0: So, what do you want to do?
3: Fly alone in your little plane? No. Oh,
1: the
4: whole point is to find something we can do together. What
0: are you waiting for? Spread your wings.
1: This is Just plain Radio, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis navigating the latest aviation news and information. Okay, so uh, Amazon announced uh, a new drone this past week, if you didn't catch it. It's gonna well, be it's fly- actually
2: not a drone. It's actually a security camera.
1: Well, it's both. Right. It's going <laughs> to yes. fly around in your house. Yeah.
2: This is uh, not at all frightening, is it? You know, you've got this little uh, camera that's keeping an eye on your front door, but you can mm -hmm. pre-program it to fly around and check on the cats uh, or go check on the, the, you know, the bathroom or watch the monitor your doors in your house. Right. This thing takes off out of its cradle, flies by itself to predetermined locations. So you can basically remote control a drone in your house to go check on it when you're not home.
1: Well, not, not even that. I mean, if it hears a noise... It'll supposedly launch itself and go investigate and alert you uh, to whether or not there's a problem, like you got an intruder, broke glass. But I kind of wonder. I mean, I, I assume is it supposed to know like when you're home and if you have this thing sitting in your house and, and you get up in the middle of the night, to, you know, use the facilities per se, and then all of a sudden this drone is like watching you.
2: <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like hey, like I guess not, not at all creepy, right? Yeah,
1: it's uh, there. There's some issues that. I question, you know, the the usefulness of something like this. But when you're away, yeah, I guess it'd be kinda interesting to to think. They, you know, the thing what what they're saying is an alternative to having cameras in every room of the house because you just have this one ring drone camera and it can literally survey the entire property and fly around your the interior of your house when it hears something or you say, Hey, go check on the bedroom, make sure the kids have uh to bed or something like that. I'm just so, waiting for some
2: smart person to go and put a laser pointer or something on it, use it as a, a to tease the cat in the house when you're not home. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, that yeah, maybe that could be uh that would probably just be some kind of extra option that you could purchase. I'm sure. So anyway, that's coming. I don't know how, when are they going to start shipping those things? Do we know? Um It sounded pretty soon.
2: I mean, they just had a big, um, big launch of a bunch of new ring and echo type products. So uh, I imagine we're going to see it pretty soon at, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe for the even for shopping. Amazon, uh, day, prime day or whatever, which yeah. is coming up in the middle of October.
1: Right. Well, there you go. You can get your ring flying interior drone <laughs> or whatever, uh, crazy stuff. Okay. Uh, another story we have here that we're going to, uh, chat about briefly is, I don't know the, is this the air force has a new jet fighter. That they've been working on for the last year that we had no idea was coming. And all of a sudden they make an announcement. Hey, oh, by the way, we got a new one. Is that right? Yeah. And
2: it's already flying. That's the amazing part. I mean, they developed this in secret in a year. Think about that. How long has the F-35 been in, you know, development and it hasn't even been really fully deployed yet? They're still working the bugs out of it. Mm-hmm. It's been ten, ten 10 plus years, maybe closer to 20. You know, and the F 22 Raptor had a similar development cycle of the fact that they were able to come up with this, they call it the next generation air dominance fighter. It's going to be. You know, the F-36
1: successor to the F-35. Okay. Well, will they be the F-36 or do they not? Well, no, I, I don't know.
2: I don't know if they have a number for it They'll yet. Skip I haven't a bunch. seen anything, in, but uh, yeah, yeah, maybe it'll be the next hundred series like the old days. You know, I
1: thought I heard uh, the president kind of tease this a few weeks ago when he said, didn't we just sell a bunch of F-35s to like, I don't know, Israel or Egypt or one of those. Part of that peace deal that he put together, I think it was part of the deal that they were selling some F-35s to uh, one of the countries that are part of that deal. And, you know, one of the reporters asked, like, well, where does that leave us? If we give away our top equipment, you know, sell it to some other country. And he's like, ah, don't worry about that. Maybe this yeah. is what he was We've referring to. We've always got to. something better in yeah, the Yeah, exactly. Right? We'll we'll sell you some good stuff, but we're keeping the really good stuff. We're holding back on you just a little bit. So we got an F-36 or whatever they decide. What do you call it? A Raptor? No, it's not a Raptor what? It's called the next generation air dominance
2: fighter. So air it's dominance. Air dominance. I kind of like it. It's just manly sounding, right?
1: Mm, very We're much We're going to so. go out
2: and kick your butt with an air dominance fighter. Okay.
1: All right. Don't you even
2: dare launch your airplanes. We'll just shoot them before they even get off the ground.
1: Yeah. Well, it's probably so high tech. They may, it may be one of those drone type deals. You think they got well, that?
2: Funny thing is they have a drone that they just launched as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a completely pilotless airplane. So the Air Force is clearly looking at doing that and having these drones that could be a wingman to a piloted airplane. So right. Yeah, it's not too far down the road.
1: Okay. It's gonna fly around in your house. And when it hear and hears a noise, <laughs> it's gonna fly and like shoot laser bombs at uh, any intruders that break the yeah, that that's probably the next Amazon drone. They're they're probably talking to each other, let's be honest. Yeah, we're we're not too far away from Skynet, are we? I, I'm I thinking uh, they're already here. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we got that. Another thing, uh, also uh, along the presidential lines, Air Force One, which I've seen up close. Have you been to seen this uh, Air Force One before? By the way. Dennis? I have not. I mean, it's been into Minneapolis a lot lately, and even
2: more so during this latest political cycle. It's making um, the tour right now, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. definitely making the tour. I've never gone out to the airport to actually go see it um, when he's here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it might need to because they're going to be replacing the current Air Force One with a newer version uh, built on the new 747 800s. Hmm. But that's not supposed to come into service for at least another year or more.
1: Yeah, I have but, not been inside it, of course, but I've seen it. And it is an impressive flying machine, especially when you get up close. it's, It's hard to describe how big these things are. And you're like, golly, how does this thing get off the ground, let alone fly around the world? But it's impressive. Your own little piece of freedom there. Right? Yeah. So what what's the uh, upgrade in the works for Air Force well, One? Well,
2: beyond the the replacing of the current 747s, the Air Force has actually released a couple of uh, co- bids or contracts out to some of these upstart companies that are putting together the supersonic business jets and supersonic airlines, kind of the next generation Concords. Right. So right. I, I just saw that the uh, boom, which is uh, creating their XB-1 um, they just got some funding from the Air Force because they're looking at the possibility of making a supersonic Air Force One that mm. would allow um, leaders and diplomats to be able to uh, connect more frequently in person and respond more quickly to potential crises. Instead of uh, an eight hour flight across to Europe, you know, a two hour flight, and you can be uh, meeting with the prime minister in person to solve a problem over in Europe. Interesting. So I, can, I can see the appeal, you know, shortening the, the borders more so. So we don't
1: know if the next Air Force One will be supersonic, but it's coming at some point down it's, the road. It's
2: potentially coming, and it's certainly you know, great for these companies that are trying to develop these next airliners to know that the Air Force is, uh, is interested in what they have and may potentially find a use for it uh, for civilian transport or even as a, a VIP type of a uh, play here.
1: I'll tell you what, uh, our current president would, I think, uh, uh, find it uh, advantageous. To fly around the country and when you, you know he's there because you hear the sonic booms. <laughs> oh, he just arrived. <laughs> you know, we're used to that in Florida, but I don't think the rest of the country is as used to those sonic booms when uh, we're talking about supersonic flight. But I don't know, they're talking about eliminating that anyway.
2: Right. Yeah, they're they're greatly reducing the profile. The, the, that's the one big appeal is that these newer generation airplanes, they're they're gonna shape the plane such that the sonic boom hopefully won't get to the ground or if it does, it won't shatter windows like uh, older airplanes were. And right. that's one of the reasons that limited the Concorde success. They could not fly it over land. So mm-hmm. the only place that they could go full speed was, you know, over the open ocean, and then once they got to the US, they, that pretty much limited them to only landing at you know, New York and Orlando, uh, Miami, places like that, that were basically on the coast.
1: Right. Speed matters, even in your uh, Mooney 201, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I would
2: love to shave the flight time from Minneapolis to Florida down, you know, eight hours and a fuel stop. I'd love to cut that in half. but...
1: But your only option is just to get a new aircraft. Period, yeah, right? Even
2: that, I don't think uh, I can afford anything that could do that flight in four hours yeah. either.
1: What, what would be the next upgrade for you?
2: You know, I, I still have, I will always say this: I love my Mooney. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really is the best bang for the buck. But I have a soft spot for Cirrus with since my father worked for them for eight years, and I was get that uh, Cirrus middle, jet. Yeah, Cirrus jet would be nice, but even right. an SR twenty two would be a little bit of a step up. So there's some other interesting things out there, the Epics and uh, airplanes like that that uh, can really get up and move uh, with small turboprop, but yeah, let's be practical. We'll be flying. No,
1: screw practical. Go for the speed. Yeah, what does Maverick say exactly there, Dennis?
2: I feel the need, the need for speed.
1: Okay, well, there you go. And on that note, we'll wrap it up. Till next time, remember there is no better high
0: than learning to fly. of flying and the aviation lifestyle.